0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan, and with me as always is my man Moss and our boy Evan. How are we doing today, fellas?
1: No, Ryan, no! <laughs> the game's uh,
0: <laughs> So, folks, Christopher just had a heartbreaker of a loss in the Kent State Golden Flashes versus Detroit Titans college basketball what? What game, which game? is just 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 the last game of an eight lay in of an eight way you hate to see it folks and that game is very reminiscent of how everything in the texas tech football world and basketball world went this week am i right fellas it
1: it was 149 points ryan i needed 150 so i'm doing worse than i already was this week with those two losses uh evan how are you doing bud
2: man uh I don't have any external factors like that making me miserable, but I'm I'm mad enough at how Tech performed in football and basketball. But uh, prayers out to Christopher Moss to uh, for all the listeners. He yeah, he needed that one, boys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, yeah. Definitely a, a rough week for us Texas Tech fans, both oh, in football rough. and in basketball. Yeah, I mean, no wins,
0: just just none. Um, we were looking for wins. We didn't get any, so, you know, uh, Thanksgiving was nice and all, but the sports surrounding it, not so much.
1: Yeah, and they really gave us a bunch of sports during Thanksgiving break, which was fantastic, you know, for me to yeah. get excited during the day and then at night, you know, yeah. st- just eating and drinking and watching TV. And, uh, yeah, it turned, ma- turned out to make the days worse.
0: Yeah, you got to get excited, you know, Thanksgiving night, watch the basketball team, you're like, "Oh, this is going to be awesome. The basketball team's you know going to win this cool tournament game." And then they lose. And yeah, I'm, Friday comes along.
2: I mean, you always hear you always hear someone say, and I've been guilty of saying it before, this is the worst sports weekend of all time. For me, this is truly one of the worst sports weekends. <laughs> I mean, we look at uh on Thursday, my my beloved Cowboys drop a game. Then we roll in Texas Tech basketball that night, drop a drop a big important game to Iowa, uh, rolling on into the next day. Of course, Texas Tech falling to UT on the road in football, and then wrapping it up with some more heartbreak that evening and an overtime loss to Creighton. So uh, tough weekend for sure.
1: Uh, I think we should start with football first. I agree. Oh, what could have been? What could have been a Thanksgiving treat? Texas you know what it Tech. turned
0: into? Well, it was ahead. a
1: Thanksgiving tease. It was a massive little tease. You go up fourteen nothing to start the
0: game, kind of get everybody's juices flowing, uh-huh. and then, and then just what you just break. They just, just broke.
1: Well, the, they they started they, fast. I don't even know what happened. You know, maybe they were yeah. listening to the podcast that they, you know, we needed them to start fast, but. They also didn't they, listen to the part where we said they need to play defense and uh, a little offense after the first quarter. So, <laughs> good lord!
0: Another another game mm-hmm. where we scored three points in the second half total. Yeah. Like uh, you, you—that is just you can't have that.
1: Evan, give me your thoughts on this game, sir.
2: I mean, high level. You hit it on the head. I mean. We're all watching it, and everyone's everyone's hopes are up. We're playing fantastic. Um, overall, I thought that Jet played pretty well, um, but our defense just did not pull their weight once again. This game, um, this was our bowl game. You know, everyone was was out there playing their hearts out, and I don't think that our guys had any any quit in them. I thought that they fought hard, but um, you know, when you when you give up as many yards as, as we did. Uh, to texas it's hard it's hard to win a game how many rushing yards did we give up 220 230 something like that i don't know
1: more than you <clears throat> more than you yeah. yeah yeah and how many passing yards did we give up more than Too you. Much. Three and 50 more than you yeah uh, it was a uh it was a miserable game and it was just you know the uh the cherry on top of the Sunday for this uh texas tech football team in 2019 man this was uh this was awful you know
2: I'm very excited this season is over I can I'll say that
1: I'm very excited that this season is over too although I do really love watching it even when they lose
2: that's true yeah I don't want to sound like I don't love watching tech and supporting but man I'm just uh you can't do much worse next year knock on wood but it, it was
1: exhausting all year long. Yeah, it definitely was it, it. And there were like, there was only one bright spot in the entire season, and that's when we beat Oklahoma State, and that's when we seemed like things were going to trend upward. And then we had that next game against Baylor in the double overtime loss, and we're like, okay, we're still a good team. And then it just was a massive dumpster fire the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, I don't know if you want to do a little recap of the season. <laughs> Like I, I think I just I think did. the
0: season uh, the season kind of went exactly how the this game went against Texas. We started off the season with two great wins, two great drives. You know we went up big, and then uh, went on a skid, got one win in the middle of the season got us excited, and then finished the season terrible, just like the Texas game.
2: I mean, with the exception of some games like like Texas um, and Oklahoma, you know, we were we were in the fight for a lot of the games. You know, I think there were four games that we lost by three points or less. And so, I'm not saying that that's an excuse, but I'm not saying necessarily that's a great thing. But what I am saying is, I'm more comfortable with the fact that we we were right there, we were right there to be a eight and four season as opposed to a four and eight season. You know, if we can just figure out how to close games next year, and and let's not forget, you know. Matt Wells in his, his first year, um, all we can do is hope that they get it put together. But I'm, I'm a, for a bright spot for me is that we were in the fight in the majority of the games.
1: Let's, let's say our favorite thing that we saw from the season and our least favorite thing we saw from the season.
2: Yeah, I can go ahead and answer Ryan's. His is punting, so I guess we can go ahead and move on from that. But
1: Ryan, or, anything Alex, else? Right. On or just a moment <laughs> in the season that was the best and the worst, in your opinion. Uh,
0: the fake punt was the best. The fake field goals were the worst. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's pretty easy. Uh, for me, <laughs> for me, I think the worst part of the season is that loss to Arizona. I think that loss to Arizona really just started the, the mudslide that was a losing streak for Texas Tech. And, you know, that's when we really saw, you know, Bowman went down. That just changed the entire attitude of this team, I think, and the outcome for uh, for the season um, I think my favorite part of this season was Texas Tech's game against Baylor um, really I thought we played a really solid game and we took you know a great team where we're seeing them number seven in the in the newest college football playoff polls hopefully they can pull it out and you know go to the playoff for my sake but uh, uh, I really enjoyed that game I really enjoyed watching it that was one of the better games you know, football games that I've seen in a while from Texas Tech. So.
2: Yeah, my uh, my least favorite is definitely the loss to Kansas. That was that was my least favorite part Someone of the season. Someone had to say it. <laughs> yep, I mean, uh, from embarrassment to just overall melancholy, that was just a, a rough, a rough game. Um, my favorite part of the season was when Bowman uh, went down, how Jet stepped up and I thought played – pretty well uh, throughout throughout the entire season all things considering you know i thought that there were a lot of factors going into the losses of course jet could have played better but uh, he, he gave us a chance to win in the majority of games and so i was happy to see how he played because of the fact that you know who knows if alan bowman's going to be the qb next year like you guys have pointed mm, out nope. he may be transferring so the yep. fact that we've seen that jet can do it to me was the brightest part of this season
1: I'm excited to see the quarterback competition next year for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I I guess my my real favorite part of the
0: season was uh, that Oklahoma State game. Just getting a conference win early like that where you thought there was some momentum. Mm. And it it was my favorite part of the season in the moment because it it was a giant tease in the end. And uh, my least favorite part is the way they finished the season. Which is, you know, losing three straight games. You know, when you have a chance to get to a bowl game Mm -hmm. and you play, you know, two winnable games like that in TCU and Kansas State where, like, it's, you know, it's within one score. It's a one-score game. And then Texas, you go up big early and you give it up, like, I don't know, just squandering the season. Those last three games were were really tough.
1: I Yeah, Ryan, well well put. Um, So what do you guys think about this new coaching staff after their first season?
0: I think uh, the the defense in the beginning of the season, you know, the, you could tell they were trying something different and it was working for the most part. And then, you know, people kind of figured out what they were doing and took advantage of it towards the end of the season. But um, I don't know, just seeing that those bright points in the defense has me a little bit conf- more confident in Patterson, even though he didn't finish strong. I think with, uh, you know, better recruiting, I think that they could get that side of the ball going. It could It could be a solid coaching staff.
1: So you think Patterson was a bright note on the on the coaching staff? The new coaching change.
0: Yeah, um, I have points for sure. Um, it was better than last year. Evan,
1: what do you think?
2: You know, see, I think that Pat. I think the script kind of flipped for me. I look at the first half of the season, and I was a little more critical of Yost than I was Patterson. And then I thought that Yost kind of made some adjustments and got his offense going a little bit better in the second half of the season, which I liked. Obviously, you know, you, you're you not doing well. You make adjustments. You figure out what you need to change. For me, I didn't like how, how Patterson finished in the second half of the year. I didn't like how he had our, had our guys playing. Um, I think that a, our, our defense really didn't didn't kind of pull their weight in in, in the losses for sure.
1: You know, Evan, I'm gonna to go to a different coach here. and I just was not impressed with Coach Wells uh at all this season. Um he, he faced some adversary adversity with his star quarterback going down early and you know his star defensive uh or linebacker with uh going down late in the season. But um you know, these calls I just you know, they have to go through him. The am I'm I'm really talking about the fake uh field goals. Uh, but, but do you think
0: that's him, or does Yost have autonomy see, over the I've offense? I've had
1: this conversation with, you know, I've had this conversation before. I just feel, then what is he doing if he's not calling the offense or the defense? He's got to be, you know, final call on plays. And he says well, it's on no, him. Well, you can't
0: have someone do a final call every single play. It'll just be two guys calling the same play.
2: Yeah, but on a big momentum swing like that, I have to agree with Chris. You know that, I mean, what, Wells has to give his buy-off whenever – Whenever Yost is making those decisions, in my opinion, I, I have I agree with Chris on that one.
0: I mean, if he's your play caller, I would think he gets to call plays. But I mean, either way, yeah, the co- head coach definitely has influence on a big decision. You're probably right.
1: So what I'm going to say is I'm not going to judge. Wells after his first season saying he's a dud, or you know, if he had a really great season, I would say he's a winner. But I'm not going to say he's he sucks and we should get a new coach. I think next year um, I'm going to be able to make a decision on that. Uh, this year he you know he didn't really have a lot of talent, and uh, you know he just couldn't really put together a, you know a great performance in in many games. He couldn't he, you know they weren't able to replicate what they did against Oklahoma State, but. I'm not saying he's, you know, we should get a new coach. I'm just saying I wasn't impressed with him this year. And maybe it's going to take, you know, two years, three years for him to actually get a foothold in this program. But uh, I need to see improvement next year for sure.
2: Yeah, and I've kind of said this all along that they're kind of working with what they've inherited, right? And and kind of early on uh, this season of the podcast, I mentioned that, uh, the success of Wells' tenure at Texas Tech is going to be his ability to recruit. And we've already seen uh, his recruiting class coming in next year, like we've mentioned, fourth in the Big 12 as it currently stands. He's gone out and gotten a couple of four-star wide receivers, kind of building, uh, building the offense for sure, getting some more weapons. Um, I, I got to give him a chance because we got to see the type of caliber players that he can recruit and mold. And fit with the program so I agree with you Chris I think years two and three and beyond are much much more important than year one when to be honest we had um, you know a, a talent that just wasn't able to compete in the Big 12 as, as much as we wanted to
1: I also just don't know what he's all about right I mean I'm just gonna compare him to Chris Beard first year Chris Beard comes in he says we're building a program we're gonna be building a uh you know a championship program here it's uh it's totally through teamwork and defense and hard work and i just i just not i haven't figured out what wells you know what's his vision for this texas tech football program i i just don't know right and you know i guess i just i just don't know his vibe totally i can't get a good read on the guy
2: no i think that's fair i think that's fair chris
1: I mean, what's he? What like in your opinion, what is he trying to build at Texas Tech? A winning football program. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. the same thing he did at
0: Utah State. You know, build up a program that plays on both sides of the ball and can win in their conference.
1: Clearly, he wants the offense to go fast, and he wants to focus on the running game. At least that's what he did in his first year. You know.
2: I mean, what's the easiest way to bring in new recruits? It's a, it's, it's seeing improvement and it's seeing a winning team but other than that it's the culture right and it's 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 when the players want to play for the guy i mean look let's compare chris beard again we're drawing talent not only from what we've done previously in basketball seasons but because everyone knows that chris beard is a highly intelligent coach that is just going to push people to the next level right yeah and so and Uh, that comes with that comes with time for sure um and we're going to see that either be true or false in the next couple years for Wells, but one year's too soon to judge.
0: Well, what do we think of, you know, I, I agree with everything you said on Wells. Like, I think one year's too soon to judge. we got to see what he brings in, 100%. But what do we think of his offensive guy, Yost? I, of all three coaches, Yost is the one that, I mean, I just I didn't like what he was putting out there the most. I, I feel like he... I just really didn't like the offensive of game plan in some of the games. It well, did open it up a couple times, but like I don't know. I just felt like he made so many dumb decisions.
1: Well, Ryan, I mean, if you look at like their games this year, uh 45, I mean, I'm not going to even count Montana State, Utah. 14 against Arizona, clearly that, you know, he's trying to figure things out. Bowman went down 16 at Oklahoma. So when they played, you know, premium these uh blue blood teams, uh Things just weren't running, you know, offensively. And I, I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about the total points they scored. Really? I'm talking about the play calls down see, the line. See, that's what I was like, going to bring up. The one-score games. That's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, he did put up points, but it seems you know, there were so many three and outs on these stupid, like, swing plays or screen plays for two yards mm-hmm. when the the game was right on the line, and it seemed like he just, he would just call three plays uh, in a row that were just terrible. And we would lose all momentum on offense. And he didn't take many you know, long shots in the passing game. And I'm not sure if that's because Duffy was the QB and he just wanted him to feel more comfortable with these short passes. But Ryan, yeah, that's totally what I was getting at was that he did put up like solid numbers in these games, but his play calling was all over the board. I, I just didn't see any kind of consistency from him of what he wants to do with this team.
2: Yeah, I couldn't really have said that any better. Um, I mean, real high level, I would say that I wasn't happy with his aggression, right? I mean, I think that he was way too conservative um, in moments that called for aggression, right? And uh, I, I think, or rather I hope that he gets that figured out. Again, time will tell, but I agree with both of you guys. Not super happy with his play calling.
1: Like, we know exactly what Patterson wants to do. He wants to blitz. He wants to bring pressure. And, uh, you know, that's definitely going to work if you have more talented corners that can cover him one-on-one, mm-hmm. right? I know, We know exactly what Patterson wants to do. Um, Yost have really no clue. And Wells, uh, I just I don't know exactly what he's trying to do either. But Patterson, I think he created an identity for this defense. And uh, a couple of times... Well, more than a couple times it burned us, but at least I know what I feel comfortable with Patterson for sure. I thought this—I thought the defense this year was an improvement in the from the last few years. To be honest, I thought he was much better than David Gibbs. So, when you look
0: in the future to next year, do you think that we're going to build next year? Are you excited about next year?
1: Uh, I am excited about next year. I'm not like overly hyped. Um, I think that <laughs> I think that we have a good de- identity on defense. Um, I think our defense will be improved. I just have no clue about the offense. Uh, I really don't. He he, you know, Wells was trying to say that he really wanted to bring in tight ends and run this offense. Uh, you know, around the tight ends and you know, give the wide receivers more space because they'd be opening up the middle. I didn't see a whole lot of that this year. Uh, I really didn't. I saw more running, run plays and swing plays than anything. And uh, I I just don't think that's what the Big 12 is all about. And maybe, you know, maybe he just wasn't ready for these high-powered offenses in the Big 12.
2: Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, when we saw this coaching change, no one, we were like, okay, who's this Matt Wells guy? No one really expected it. No one really knew about him the more that we researched it we found out that, that utah state was very similar to tech in the past running a high powered air raid offense explosive plays down the field that's what they were known for and it's like he brought all the same guys so where was that at tech it's like they kind of changed their identity the, this coaching staff once they came to tech so that came as a as a huge surprise to me um you know i'm sure they had their reasons but I, I was just kind of very confused as to as to why it didn't transition as far as kind of their game plan.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm just going to bring yeah. this up real quick. So Matt Wells inherits the program from Gary Anderson at Utah State. He goes nine 5 five, ten and four, six and seven, three and nine, six and seven. You know, and then eleven and two. I guess ten and two when he was uh, he was coaching his last year. He uh, he inherited a good program, and then it went. You know, it turned sour for him for three years. Um, he just had a good last year, and that's when Tech, you know, fired uh, Cliff, and we picked him up. So, you know, he. So that makes he's not the, a proven you... coach. In my, he's just not a proven coach, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean,
0: like you Evan said, though. I mean, I have to think that Tech saw something there. Um, I mean. The, the a makes good hires we've seen that so i like to give wells more time and i i hope I, like i'm hopeful for next year i'm excited and i wonder if you know the the lack of offense that we're talking about just came down to like personnel i wonder with bowman going down did it really change what they wanted to do um so i'm hoping for next year either you know whoever wants to wins a qb camp they build an offense around them that works
2: yeah, Ryan, that's a good point. Do I trust Wells or his staff yet? No, because they haven't proven no. anything to me. But who no. I do trust is is Kirby Hoka, the AD at Tech. Yep. Because we, we've seen what he's done and how he's turned programs around. And for some reason, we just can't get football right just yet. But I know that he saw something in, in Wells that, you know, that, that, the, that potentials, the, the potential's there. Okay, we just got to figure out how to make it work.
1: In the end, do you think Cliff Kingsbury – would have had a four and eight season this year. Yes. No shot. No. No shot. Absolutely. No shot.
2: Absolutely. He
1: would no. not have lost to Kansas. There's no way.
2: I didn't. I didn't say he would lose. Well, if we, I don't. I don't think Kansas loss was entirely on coaching. I just thought our players played terrible against Kansas. So that's kind of hard to judge there. But yeah, I. With the talent that we had this year, I I really think that Cliff would have done about the same.
1: Is The same talent? Oh, all right, whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, if
0: Cliff's coaching first and foremost, Vassar doesn't get suspended because they're boys. True, so, <laughs> that helps. And it's you know it's like the butterfly effect. If Cliff's coaching, they're running a different offense. Does Bowman get hurt? What happens? Probably so, not. Who
1: the fuck knows how they
0: would have done? Just kidding.
1: Bowman would get hurt because he's made out of paper straws.
0: Yeah, I'll try to set you up for that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so I just want to say one thing for next season. Um I hope the uh, the fan base in Lubbock gets excited because we need to see some attendance at these football games. I don't want to see any more empty stadiums come next year. He's got to figure out something to bring the excitement back to football.
2: I'm and Chris, I was going to mention that. I'm very very worried about Mm -hmm. the hype around texas tech football for next year because if if we weren't hyped for this season i mean (laughs) you know coming off of four and eight year yeah i don't Our it's i think that we're we're gonna have to prove ourselves to be honest before we start seeing that attendance go up
1: we need chris beard to tell people to go to football games yeah we need we need chris beard to start (laughs) doing some recruiting for us on the football side (laughs) my god
2: if you and go I to every with... football game, you will be guaranteed a seat at the Kentucky game. That's what he. Yeah, he needs that's, to, he needs to that's, start
1: saying that. That's a good that. idea. He needs I to like start that. saying that. And you have to stay to the end. Yes, don't leave at halftime and go get drunk at the Applebee's across the street. But,
0: but I, I think that or just chillies. about wraps up this football season. Uh, if you guys don't have any final words, I say we move on to the season we're in the full swing of now, and that is basketball.
1: Basketball school. Yeah, well, like we said, it was a it was a rough Thanksgiving week. It was a rough tournament. We came out as the biggest loser. Uh, you know, the Iowa game, our offense just looked terrible. And then the game against Creighton, we were right there. Um, we didn't have our star player with Ramsey. Uh, got an unfortunate no call on Moretti. Uh, you know, Ugh. when it was tied, 74-74, when he was, you know, thrown to the ground, when he was shooting a half-court shot, no foul, um, and then we just couldn't score in overtime against two quality teams. I mean, uh, Chris Beard, I think, said it best in his post-game press conference that, uh, you know, we were these were both one-possession games, and uh, we could have been looking like the, the Prince's Bride instead of the, uh, I don't even know what he said, gross frog or whatever. Um, or we would be front page instead of last page, uh, just with one possession. But he, he said that he was really hopeful, you know, rankings mean nothing. Um, and they're just going to get better with time, which I totally agree with.
2: Yeah. I liked what Chris Beard said, uh, something along the lines that for a while now we've, we've, uh, we've been the hunters and now, now we're being the hunted and we just got to figure out how to get back on top and be the hunters. And I agree with him. So let's 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 back up and let's talk about the Iowa game real quick. Score very misleading. Uh, Final seventy-two, Tech sixty-one. But as you said, you know it's a it's a one-two possession game down the stretch with a couple minutes left, and they just pulled away. But no question, problem there was shooting. You know we were thirty-two percent from the field. Even worse when you shoot sixteen percent from beyond the arc. Yeah especially with how we've been shooting. I mean, that's kind of been our bread and butter um, leading up to this. And we were, we were kind of promoted as, you know, really hot from behind the line. And then we see it kind of the script flip because Iowa wasn't really known for their three point shooting. Um, but especially in that first half, they couldn't miss. They could not yeah, miss from beyond the arc. Um mm-hmm. And so, you know, basketball is a game of ups and downs and, and, uh, it just wasn't our night that night or against Creighton. And we'll move on to that in a minute. But I thought that our guy still fought again. We see, we see problems when, when we get in foul trouble with, with Holyfield, um, because you know, their, their stud, uh, what was his name? Garza or something, something like that. Uh, is that right?
1: Yeah. Garza on
2: Iowa. Garza. Yeah. Yeah. Garza, the big man we were, he was giving us fits all night long. Um, and we saw what happens if our big men can't shut them down. So, um, and again, I don't want to quote Chris Beard too much and I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something to the effect of, look, we were in these games and I got to figure out a better way to coach these guys to get them to finish. And I, and he didn't say, and I'll try to do that. He looked at the camera right in the eye and he said, I got to figure out how to coach him and I will, I will get it figured out. Yeah. And I have no doubt in my mind that he will, um, but before we move on any any thoughts from you guys on the Iowa game specifically?
1: Yeah. You know, Ryan go, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, I'll go I'll ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 you. You, you. <laughs> the uh the defense, the Texas Tech branded defense just wasn't there in that game. Um and we were bullied down low by by Garza. Uh but I will say that Chris Clark we saw we saw a little yeah. bit of him. Yeah. We saw him shine a little bit. I think he's just going to get better and better. He kind of took control of that game. Uh, his stats here, uh, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 11 points, leading the Texas Tech Red Raiders in points in that game. Um, Kyler Edwards, again, is cold, and he just keeps on shooting. And that was, you know, I just kept yelling at his name when in that game. But everyone was cold, so I don't know. That game, yeah. That game was just... It didn't look like the Texas Tech team we've seen so far this season, or uh, what we would expect from Chris Beard. But
2: yeah, one thing I yeah. do, did want to mention, Ryan, before you go on is that is that Tech historically does really well when we have balanced scoring, which we did. But there's always there's always the guy that kind of explodes for a big offensive night. You know, last year Culver took it a majority of the times, but we saw other guys step up big too. Uh, we just, We just didn't have. We just didn't have that explosive offensive player or players in this game, which I thought really hurt us.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of something I was going to touch on. Uh, and what I think a big problem, and you guys probably agree, was foul trouble. And you know, especially when your young guys get into foul trouble, maybe it's a big game first. Like you know, big game of the season, kind of overextend yourselves a little bit. But you see, uh, you know, Shannon get into foul trouble early and that's a, you know, he only plays 20 minutes in the game because of it because he got four fouls early and he had nine points and nine rebounds in his 20 minutes. But if he can play a little bit longer, I mean, that's going to help. You want him on the court, Uh, you know, Holyfield, like you said, Evan, got in foul trouble and those are two of your big scores. Neither of them played that much. And on top of that, Ramsey going down in the game, Uh, he only got 25 minutes, like, you know, if you have these guys in the court longer, if they don't get into foul trouble as much, it's going to help you out a ton in one of those close games.
2: Yep, and Ramsey going down was huge. I forgot to hit on that, but we saw the impact there. But um, moving right along to Creighton, you know, we we go into the next night. We really we really need a win, and we see us drop an absolute heartbreaker in overtime. Uh, what are your what are y'all's thoughts on that? And what do you think that we did well? What could we have done better? What did you see there?
0: Uh well, I love the second half, I mean, to start, yeah. you know. The way they closed the game, closed, you know, the, the regulation to force that overtime, uh, I thought that was great. That really showed, you know, Beard must have said something at halftime, uh, sparked the guys up. You know, you get your guys, um, they're down 14 at half, and you come back all day to go into overtime. I, I love seeing that. Uh, but once again, another night where people get into foul trouble, and it, and it hurts the team.
1: Yeah, Ryan, and uh, a couple of the bright spots I want to bring up is Terrence Shannon. My, I mean, he just—he's playing for everyone. He's putting his body on the line. He's making those extra effort plays that kept Texas Tech in this game. Uh, There was one where he got the ball. He threw a pass from out of bounds. He saved it, and that led to a uh, Kyler Edwards three that tied that game up when Iowa could have just taken off because they scored on the next the next possession as well. And then Moretti stepped up. Big time in that one. That was our, you know, our por- our points leader in that game. And again, he was perfect from the line. It's just one possession game. They just got to learn how to close, like you said, Evan. But much better game. Things would have been much different if we had Ramsey in there. But uh, yeah, you totally know, agree. We would, I think, we would have won that game. If we had Ramsey. I'm pretty sure you guys agree. Um, and then Andre Sarvisov with a couple big threes from the big man.
2: Yeah, I'd love to see that for sure. I wanted to hit on that too. But uh, we shot the ball better, better in this game for sure. Uh, still just eight, 8 for 30 from behind the line. That's, you know, 26%. That's still still not great. Um, we did see a, a, a great performance from Moretti uh, dropping 23 points. But one thing I do want to point out is uh, field goal percentage from our players. When I'm talking offensive, you know, explosions from, from our guys – we we got to be consistent from the field, okay? So, look at some of these: Davide Moretti eight for nineteen from the field, below fifty percent. Kyler Edwards six for fifteen, below fifty percent. Terrence Shannon three for eight, below fifty. T.J. Holyfield zero for one. Savrasov, two for five. Benson one for three. Um, the one that we saw that that shot the best was Chris Clark eight for fourteen, barely above fifty percent. So our guys just didn't shoot the ball well in this game, um, and and it really hurt us down the stretch.
0: I mean, yeah, that's absolutely true, Um, especially, you know, when you shoot as many threes as you do, as some of those guys do, you you can't expect to be over 50%, but at the same time, you know, you definitely got to see a little more consistency out of the guys, and like you said, eight for 30 from three just really isn't going to cut it.
2: And I don't want to be a complainer, but that was an atrocious missed call on Moretti at the end of regulation. He should have been at the foul line shooting to win it. I mean – I couldn't believe that they didn't call a foul on that.
1: Yeah, and I, I think they just didn't want to end the game like that. <laughs> I think yeah. the, I think the refs just were under pressure, and they were just like, "Well, we'll just see it play out in overtime because we don't." I want think to end-
2: you're. I think you're exactly right.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a that that would be called in March Madness for sure, or any kind of division game. But
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> or also, but uh, how about Benson taking that charge? Yeah. Mm. Oh my
1: god, oh my dude. Kid, electric! That was,
0: that was electric. That was such a Big play right there when we need a couple more points, and he just fucking takes it. And they, I mean, it helps them force overtime. Yeah, I mean, a couple. That was, that was incredible.
1: He had a couple big defensive stops. He went he on a, a three where that the shot clock ran out. He was on coming from behind to swat the ball, uh, making his presence known. Avery Benson's playing a bigger role this year than I then I thought he would, and he's definitely the energy guy.
2: Yeah, man, he's he's a scrapper. He, he is the first guy to get on the floor. You know, he, he provides that spark, that energy to the team. He may not be the biggest the biggest scorer on the team, but, man, he is one of the biggest energetic players, no doubt about it.
1: He may have no business being on the Texas Tech roster, but nope. he makes up for it with his now, electric
0: in college basketball you gotta have a guy like that on the on the team you know the glue guy the guy that you guys in the court everyone kind of goes nuts because everyone knows like you shouldn't play D on basketball <laughs> at this
1: level. you shouldn't be on texas tech but he's followed chris beard from the beginning and that's probably chris beard's favorite player of all time you know <laughs> he's just he's probably just the guy that does everything perfect that chris beard wants you know teacher's yep. pet Maybe. Huge, yep. huge practice guy. Huge practice guy. My he
2: gets God. the most
0: out of the guys in practice. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Now, while I don't think that ranking is important, you know, obviously we saw us drop out of the top I twenty-five, do. but the That's the pro- the problem here is is resume. Okay, when it, when it comes March, mm. the selection committee is going to be looking at these games close, and those are some bad losses early on to Iowa and Creighton. So looking ahead these next two games against DePaul tomorrow Wednesday night and Louisville the following week at Tuesday are crucial. We really really need a win against DePaul because Lord knows that Louisville we're going to have to play a near perfect game to win that one in New York. So,
0: yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree uh, when it comes when you look that far ahead, I mean Iowa and Creighton they're not the worst losses you can have, but they're definitely if you know you're fighting right there for a top four seed you know those could definitely be a, a deal breaker and you're right i mean this DePaul game is huge for the out-of-conference record and then louisville like you said that i mean if you win that
1: game woo, i mean you jump right back up yeah thankfully you know thankfully chris beard has put you know a, gr- a lot of great non-conference games on his schedule um you know because we'll because yes these these two losses were to tournament teams I believe both of these teams will be in March Madness come March um, but we got to win one you know we got because DePaul's also going to be a March Madness team Kentucky's going to be a March Madness team Louisville's going to be a March Madness team maybe you know number one overall so if we lose all of them and then we have a you know somewhat mediocre or above average performance in the Big Twelve uh like i've said in previous episodes is that the big 12 is really good this year and you know they might not have the number 1 or maybe number 5 team in the country but they we do have 10 teams that are competing in that 50 to 15 range and it's gonna be a fight.
0: Kansas is number two right now, man.
1: Okay, well I messed up. So Kansas is the is the the best one in the Big Twelve, their top top five program. But uh, the Big Twelve, like I was saying, Big Twelve is gonna be really competitive, and like every team in the Big Twelve has a chance to go to March Madness. So if we're just middle of the pack this year, and we have these bad out of conference games, then we're not gonna get chosen to go to March Madness, unfortunately yeah
2: now and that sounds may, really
1: sad i don't think that's gonna happen yeah
0: yeah yeah the thing is like you said if we have a bad conference here but yeah. i i don't see that happening mm-hmm. i still think tech tech and kansas are by far one and two in the big 12 um baylor is obviously really good this year
1: Oklahoma State.
0: I, I mean yeah but i i don't think i think those three are definitely gonna be your top three um and I do think Tech has a great conference year, so I don't think we're going to have to worry about making the tournament. But you're right. You have to win the out-of-conference ones too, and um, DePaul would be a huge check.
2: Yeah, yeah, let's let's quickly take a look at DePaul. There's a couple things I wanted to point out to you guys. They are not ranked in the top 25, but they're right on the cusp, just like Tech is now. If you look at the Tech-received votes for the top 25, so did DePaul. They're right there. But let's look at some of their notable wins early on in the season. DePaul is 8-0. They went on the road to Minnesota and won 73-68. On the road earlier, Boston College, 72-67. Here's the scary one. On the road at Iowa, 93-78. So we've seen them put up some some good performances against some quality teams. This is not going to be an easy game. We're going to have to play really, really well tomorrow. And I hope that we have Ramsey. Can we do it without him? Absolutely. But sure would help to have Mr. Ramsey on the court.
0: Yeah, you know, that the Minnesota wins definitely impressive. The Iowa won one, two. And, you know, DePaul is they like they're a great shooting team. They're uh top tier when it comes to their like effective efficiency in offense. And, and um, you know, they have great perimeter players. Uh, I know that their their star player, Charlie Moore, uh, he's their you know, highest usage rate guy, their point guard. He's a perimeter guy, he's five foot eleven. So that's gonna be Moretti's job all night to shut down. And I think if you know, you shut him down on the perimeter. Uh, it's going to be a great way to be able to have a good chance to win this game.
1: Yeah, and we said that DePaul is an elite offensive team, but, I mean, we just played Iowa, who's number seven in, you know, offensive uh, efficiency. And then Creighton as well, I believe they were, what, top 30? What, 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 like so two really good offensive teams and it's not like we got blown out in those games. This is going to be a close game, and it's going to come down to a one-two possession game, I think, again.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, the most important part of this game, aside from resume and that we need to win, is confidence rolling into a Louisville. Yeah. Our guys have got to believe that we can beat that team, mm. you know, and, and the best way to do that is come off a good performance in the previous game.
1: And I'm going to bring yeah. something up and you know. That- I- that Chris Beard said earlier in the season is that, you know, these freshmen will not be freshmen come March, but they're I think they're going to have to grow up a little faster than uh than even what he was saying because and, we did look like we were a freshman team out there at some points yeah, versus yep. Iowa. And
0: that's exactly what I was going to bring up next. Like I, I really want to see the older guys kind of take charge of this game and show leadership because this DePaul team is an experienced team. Their starting five has three juniors, a senior, and a freshman. So, you know, these guys come out with experience. We need the older guys, you know, the, the you know, uh, Moretti, I guess, is an older guy, Clark, and Holyfield. We need them to show some leadership over the youngins and uh, really guide them to victory here. And now, Kyler
1: Edwards needs to step up, man. Kyler Edwards, people yeah. forget Kyler Edwards is one of the older people on this team. He needs to step up and start putting the momentum forward and, you know, up his game.
2: Now, TJ Holyfield, if you're listening,
1: He's stay <laughs> out of foul trouble.
2: Please, he's going to be a a very very crucial part to this game. We need him on the court. He's got to stay out of foul trouble.
1: Yeah, I mean, TJ Holyfield is kind of like the glue. He's a scorer on this team, man. He's he should be one of the biggest impacts. And I just we didn't see that in the tournament. We, we just because he got into foul trouble early, and you know.
0: But I will it. say, fellas, this next week is going to be a massive week. For Texas Tech basketball. To Paul, and then a week from today is Louisville. And, you know, we'll probably be recording that day, so we might have to do a a, a live reaction as we watch the game.
2: Mm, I like that. I
0: work. like that. Ooh, it's going to be a big one, and we're going to need a couple wins. Uh, let me get some last thoughts on, you know, the Louisville game before we close up shop.
1: Uh, we're going to have to play elite defense. Elite, elite defense. I don't think we can keep up with Louisville uh, when it comes to the offensive side of the th- of of the game, but if we are able to keep them below seventy points, we're going to be right there.
2: Yeah, I'm going to flip the script a little bit on that. I think that our offense really has to pull their weight. We just saw um, what they did to Michigan. They held Michigan, the number four team in the nation, to forty three points tonight. So yeah. Uh, hey man, did you see Michigan's offense and what they did yeah, to yeah, yeah. Gonzaga and North I've, Carolina? I've, I've seen they're the no script. offensive Absolutely. team.
1: I've seen Michigan the script, has though, been Michigan incredible before.
0: this year. Mm-hmm. My point—I mean, is, they were the number they were, two. They were the number two effective field goal percentage in the country. Yeah,
2: my point is is that Louisville has an excellent defense, so it's going to be a real test for our offense, and we we can't shoot less than twenty percent from from beyond the arc like no. we did against against Iowa, nearly did against Creighton. So I agree with you though, Chris. Our defense is going to have to step up. Uh again, to me, most important is confidence rolling into the game. Best way to do that, take care of business against DePaul.
1: I got a question for you. Do you think we win these games without Ramsey being in? DePaul, yes, Louisville, no.
2: I agree with Ryan on that.
1: Okay.
2: I agree with Ryan on that. If I was a betting man, and I had to say right now, do I think that we can win against Louisville without Ramsey? Absolutely, but cards are not in our favor if we don't have the leading scorer of our team on the floor against Louisville.
1: God, who knew yeah, this freshman his first having year having him these, on the perimeter? Yeah, he just I mean, Tech, they Tech locked down Moretti in in those games over the last yeah. week because and Tech defensively
0: defensively this year has been terrible against the three. I mean, and Louisville can shoot. Tech's defense, although it's ranked 17th right now in the country, you know, they're against three-pointers. I mean, they're letting in 35.8%, which is 259th in the country. So we need a good player like Ramsey out there on the perimeter to try to shut down their shooters, too.
2: Absolutely. Hey,
1: we're just getting better and better with time, man. So we know Chris Beard coaches defense, so expect them to be ready.
2: Yep. Well, I, for one, can't wait for these next two matchups. Uh, Obviously crucial to our season moving forward. Any last thoughts before we wrap this thing up, gentlemen? Let's get two big fucking wins. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And I'm Evan.
0: And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, Phillips.
2: Guns up. Guns up, baby. <laughs>